Welcome to His Church Owensboro Podcast. We are so excited about what God is doing in your life, and we would love to hear from you. Visit us at hischurch.cc and let us know about all of the things that God is doing in your life. If you have been blessed by this podcast and would consider supporting us financially, please visit hischurch.cc and click on Give to see the many options available. Thank you for joining us. We hope this message blesses you. Good morning. I'm so excited that you're in the house of God, and I'm excited to be here teaching the Word of God to you right now. We've just come through a week of prayer and fasting, so come on, let's give everybody in the house a hand clap for making it, not dying, not not giving up, not not tapping out. Man, we are, we are pumped that you made it through seven days of prayer and fasting. I was so excited as a pastor to see people getting up in the morning, denying themselves, coming into the church at 6.30 and seeking God. And I was so excited to see everybody online at noon in our prayer meetings on Facebook, man. It's, I was pumped to see us come together as the church. And anytime I seen somebody that stepped across that line and they fast for the first time, uh, I'm just, uh, I'm, I'm ecstatic. Because very few Americans ever deny themselves of our earthly pleasure, right? We're in such a world of abundance. Everything we want pretty well, we can get a hold of, we can have. And because of that, we we lack this self-denial that births a real blessing in our life. I'm telling you, you're going to be blessed because you prayed and because you fasted this week. God's going to pour out His Spirit on your house. He's going to pour out His Spirit in your life and in, in our church. And I'm telling you, things are never going to be the same because of the power of prayer and the power of fasting. I don't know why, I'll say this, they call it a fast when it seems to go so slow. You know, you want to live longer fast for a week because a week feels like a year. But by the grace of God, we get through it. Man, I want to talk to you about what's coming up in the next couple of weeks. And we have Pastor Shane Warren will be here next Sunday morning kicking off our His Church Conference, regional conference for Owensboro and Henderson, Kentucky. And he'll be there Sunday morning, Sunday night, uh, Monday night, Tuesday night. We have Pastor Chris McDonald's going to be over. It's going to be incredible. And then we'll have Wednesday night service. You don't want to miss it. But I just want to prepare our hearts and prepare us as a church for something we're, we're going to do here. During that conference, we're going to make our pledge for our His Honor offering. His honor offering. We do it at the first of every year. It's been the custom of the church in Owensboro for many, many years. Been the custom of the church in Amarillo for many, many years. That we take a part of our first fruits, the first part of our life, and we pledge it unto God. So the way we do that is we'll bring an offering uh, next week. We'll give that offering, but we'll also pledge an amount. Now, I want it to be a faith-filled amount that we're going to give over the next two months to the glory and the, and the honor of God. We always get to do so many special things during that time. I mean, that, that offering, we, we got into a building here in Owensboro that needed a lot of work. That offering paid to redo a lot of the building. It's paid to put a new roof on the building. It's paid for AC for the building. It's paid to update equipment, paid to plan a campus in Henderson last year. Man, there's just so much we do with that. We couldn't get done without us having a faith offering. Here's what I want to minister to you today before we talk just a little bit more about that. I want to minister to you out of Ezekiel chapter 43. Verses 12 through 13. Ezekiel chapter 43, verses 12 through 13. Here's what the word of the Lord is, what it says. It says, this is the law of the temple. 
This is the law of the temple. Or think about it like this, the law of God's house. The whole area surrounding the mountaintop is most holy. Behold, this is the law of the temple. These are the measurements of the altar in cubits. Then he defines the cubit. The cubit is one cubit and a handbreadth. The base one cubit high and one cubit wide with a rim all around its edge of one span. This is the height of the altar. Ezekiel gets a word from the Lord about a temple that would be built. And he gives him some specific directions. God gives Ezekiel, his prophet, directions exactly how to build the, the altar of the temple. What's going to happen up in that temple. And he starts by saying this isn't just anything. He says this is the law of the temple. This is the bedrock foundation. This is what makes everything run. And he says here's how you're going to build it. You're going to build it this certain way. And he gives him a measurement that he's going to use. And he tells him that the measurement of the altar will be in cubits. All right, a cubit was a common measurement during Bible days. If you read through the Bible, you're going to encounter the cubit again and again and again. It's, it's how things are defined. Goliath is defined in cubits. The Ark of the Covenant defined in cubits. Uh, Noah's Ark is defined in cubits. And think about living thousands of years ago. You don't have all the tools that we have today at your hand. Now, come on, we don't need a measure. We don't need a uh, ruler. We got an iPhone. It's got an app. Boom, you can measure something right where you are. But way back in Bible days, how they would define a cubit is a cubit was six handbreadths. A handbreadth would be like this. It was a man's hand with the thumb folded in. And it was a common form of measurement. This was a handbreadth. If you were going to define a cubit, a cubit would be six handbreaths. There are six handbreaths in a cubit. It's almost like uh, as Americans trying to do metric from our system, I, I can never almost do that because we're America. Why do we need to know the metric system? We're the greatest nation on the earth, right? I don't need your metric system. But back in, back in uh, the days of Israel, right, it was a cubit and it was a handbreath. And if you'll take your hand, you ought to do this right now. I'll show you how it works. I want you to take your hand and I want you to lay your handbreath in the crease of your arm. And you can do that six times. Run your hand breath up six times, and unless you have a really messed up arm or something, right, you're gonna, you're gonna have six hand breaths in your hand. So they would take their hand and use it as an instrument to measure, and then they would take their arm from here to here, and they would use it as an instrument to measure. And they called this part of your hand the ama. They called it the mother of invention. And here's what the Jews believed back in the day, the Amma. If the brain or the heart could conceive it, that the Amma could birth it. The hand of man is so powerful that it could birth things. I'll tell you, when you look around the world and you look at the hand of man, it's amazing what we do as a people. Think about it right now. We come together as a church in multiple locations through the power of multimedia. We worship together. There, there's, there's this connection in the spirit now because the hand of man, someone had the concept that we could have a video way back in the day, that, that, that we could have sound way back in the day. And he dreamed it up in his heart and then it was able to be conceived by the hand of man. Think about what we do in our massive cities now. Instead of selling real estate from the ground, we sell airspace in the air. You have to buy the, the airspace in Manhattan, not just the ground. Why? Because we don't just build out, we build up now. 
The hand of man has built some of the most amazing skyscrapers where we reach up into the heavens. Think about the engineering, the architects, the work, all of the, all of the, the building specialties that have to come together to build a city like Manhattan or a city like Seoul, Korea, a city like L.A. It's amazing. All of that comes from the hand of man, the mother of invention, the Amma. I think about friends of mine whose lives have literally been saved by our medical community. I'm so thankful for our doctors and our nurses. I'm so thankful that everybody works in the medical industry that's kept us all alive. I have a dear friend that I would have been at his funeral, but the Amma found a way to run a cath up a man's leg into his heart to find a blockage or into his cardiovascular system to find a blockage and then to stint it multiple ways where he didn't even have to have open heart. They could do it like that. All of that happened because of the, a man conceived that idea and it was birthed out of the hand. Tell you what, man can do many things. We've been able to split the atom. We've been able to fly to the moon. We've been able to build bridges across expanses of water that just doesn't make sense. We can do a whole lot of things. I'm thankful for the hand of man. I'm thankful for the giftings that are in the room right now. The hand of man. You have so many gifts and abilities. Some of you are good at building. Some of you are good at leading children and teaching. You have a, you have a caring, loving, nurturing hand. Some of you have hands that are, that are strong to work with numbers and move objects. You can do all kinds of things with your hands. I think about some of the artists, what they can paint with their hand, what they can put on a canvas that stops humanity. Think about some of the works of art that have come out of the, man of hand, uh, the hands of man. The people come from all over the earth and they just stand and gaze at it. What's the giftedness that God's put in a man's hand? But I want you to see this. This is the law of the temple in the book of Ezekiel. He didn't just say you're going to use a cubit. He then redefines the cubit that they would use. He says, you're not just going to use a normal cubit. He says this, you're going to use six hand breaths. And then he says, you're going to use one more hand breath. Wasn't a traditional cubit. Why would God say you're going to use six hand breaths? Your cubit's going to be six hand breaths and one more hand breath. What God was saying is you're going to do everything you could do in my temple with your hand, but a six hand is not going to be enough. The hand of man is not going to be enough. So I'm going to bring one more hand and I'm going to put it on your life. And that seventh hand isn't the hand of man. Come on, there's six of them that are the hand of man. And the seventh hand is the hand of God. I'm going to tell you the law of the temple is that we must have the hand of God. God in our life, in our marriages, in our household, in our family. We don't just need man's hand. We need God's hand. And I declare over your life that in 2020, the hand of God is coming on our life. Come on, somebody ought to give God a hand clap. Somebody ought to celebrate out there. The seventh hand is coming on our life. The hand of the living God. Can I get an amen out there? See, it's the hand of God that makes the difference. In the temple and the people of God. Come on, we are, the, we are the temple of the Holy Spirit. It's not enough for us to just to have our own power and our own way. Not just our own hand. The hand of man often does great things, but the hand of man also fails. In our hand, we've shed blood. In our hand, we, we, we've hurt others. In our hand, we've had so many failings and so many flops. But God's hand's different than our hand. Come on, His hand is perfect. His hand is pure. His hand has never failed. His hand never runs out of strength. His hand is always strong. See, six is the number of man. 
There's six days we work in our own strength. But seven is the, is the day of God. We know that. There's a power in the seventh hand. What I declare over our church this year is that the seventh hand will be in our house. Here's some things that I want to proclaim about the seventh hand, God's hand, that's going to be in our house this year. I want the seventh hand to come upon all we do in our church, in His church. Hey, let's give the Lord a hand clap by faith right now that the seventh hand is on His church in a mighty, mighty way in 2020. Yeah, yeah, we ought to give Him a hand clap for that. See, see, the seventh hand is going to be on our church house this year. And I'll tell you, there's a difference than whenever man is working and when the hand of God comes upon man's work. See, we're called to work. We have to have our six hands. We have to have our hand involved in something. God doesn't bless just us sitting around. God blesses the work of our hand. So we have, we have our six hand breaths, our cubit, our ama working, and then God comes and puts his cubit upon it. I think about it like this. In the church house, I've seen talented people who come and sing, and, and, and they'll hit all the right notes. They'll have the right technical ability. They might even have the right presence. They know how to stand on stage. But there's something missing in the air. But I'm telling you, you can take some people that they're not technically trained. And they might not hit every note. And their voice isn't perfect. But whenever they open up their mouth and they stand before the people of God and before an almighty God, there's something different that fills the air. What is it? It's that seventh hand that comes upon a person that's submitted to the will of God and that's in tune with the Holy Spirit. And then the atmosphere begins to change. Come on, when a person like that begins to sing, man, man the, the church is lifted. Everything feels like it's possible. The Spirit of God starts moving. Tears start flowing. Why is it like that? Well, it's the seventh hand in the midst of the house of God. I've watched preachers preach and have incredible sermons. I mean, I'm talking about they know the Word of God. And I've seen them teach, I've seen them preach, I've even caught a lot of information from them. But sometimes when I see them speaking, there's nothing behind them. There's no weight, there's no movement, there, there's, no, there's no power in the air. Come on, our, our preaching ought to have the power of God all around it. We don't just want the six hand, we don't just want the knowledge or working of man. It's different when a preacher opens up his mouth and his speech is anointed. How does that speech get anointed? What's well, the seventh hand that comes in the room? It's the hand of God. Oh, I pray that the seventh hand would be on our, our, our sons and our daughters and they would prophesy. I pray that the seventh hand would be on our psalmists as they sing. I pray that the seventh hand would be on our kids' workers as they lead our children in the things of God. Come on, our church, His church, is going to be a place of the seventh hand in 2020. The next place I'm believing for the seventh hand to come upon is I'm believing for the seventh hand to come upon our family. I don't just want to lead my family in the arm of man. How many of you parents out there would admit with me we need help in our family? Oh, Lord, do we need help, right? I, I want help in my household. I want that seventh hand to be in my, in my marriage, in my relationship with me and Jesse. I, I need God's help in there. And things are good, but I'll tell you, things could, could be better with more of his hand in my house. I want, I want the seventh hand upon my children. I don't want my children just to be strong in, in, in nature, strong in the flesh. I want them to be strong in the spirit. Now I'm believing that, that their, God's hand is going to be upon my house. There's a difference in a house that's sanctified, set apart and called to, to the Lord. There's a difference in a house where the leadership of the house says, like Joshua says, as for me and my house, 
We're going to serve the Lord. There's a difference in a house that gets up on Sunday morning and says, kids, I don't care what you think you're doing. I don't care if your favorite cartoon's on. I don't care if you're tired. We're, we're a house of the seventh hand. So come Sunday morning, we're going to get up. We're going to get dressed up. And we're going to church today because we don't just want the sixth hand of man. We want the seventh hand of God on our household. I'm telling you, the seventh hand wants to come into your house, come into your life, come into your kid's life. I declare the seventh hand is on our children and our grandchildren. I, I proclaim and I prophesy the seventh hand in all of our households in Jesus' mighty name. Come on, let's give God a hand clap if we believe that that's coming into our house, into our household. Man, I, I just believe this. I believe that our kids, they're different than the world's kids. Our kids aren't going to be able to get away with the things that the world's kids are going to be able to get away with. Why? The seventh hand's on their house, on their life. I remember even being a kid and, and was raised in church then I fell far from the things of God. I got all messed up in drug culture and just running wild. And all my friends could do this stuff without ever feeling bad about it. And we'd be places, and I would still do all the stuff. Don't get me wrong, right? Sometimes I led them in doing all the stuff. But on the inside of me, I was always guilty. I was always convicted feeling. We'd all get high and everybody would think things was good and, and I would be like, man, we're going to die and go to hell. That's all I could think about. Why? Why? There was a conviction. Come on, I declare when our kids do dumb stuff, they get caught and get corrected. Can I get an amen out there? Before it's too late, why is it going to be like that? The seventh hand is going to help us lead our families going to help our marriages get stronger in 2020. going to help our kids come up and out. It's going to help your kid in his math class. I declare it. Man, the seventh hand's coming on our children's life. The third thing, I want the seventh hand on our, our, our life, and I believe it's going to be in our life in 2020, and I want to set you up to believe for it, is I want the seventh hand on our financial life. See, God wants to bless us, not just financially. He wants to bless us in all kinds of areas. It's the only thing that matters isn't, it's not money. And there are some problems that money cannot solve. I know that. I see that. Money can't buy you peace. Money can't, money can't release grace. Money can't save anybody. Money, money can't make your marriage better. But I'm telling you what it can buy you. It can buy you a house to live in. It can buy you clothes to wear. It can buy you food. It can pay to finance the church. It can uh, pay to push missionaries around the earth. It can pay to build hospitals. It's not everything, but it is something that's important. And a lot of us work, uh, you know, 40 hours a week trying to get hold of it. And then we don't want, to, don't want to really admit how important it is in our life. It is important. There's so much in the scripture about our finances. And that's why we come and bring something that's dear to us at the first of the year. And we make a faith offering to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. We come and we cut off a portion of what he's given us and we lay it at his feet. We put that portion there believing that he's going to bless the rest of our year and the rest of our portion. I believe the seventh hand is going to come upon us as we offer and as we give. Now, I want to encourage you that this year as we give this offering next week, that we're going to come and we're going to give a faith-filled offering. I love what David said. David said this. He said, I won't bring the Lord an offering that costs me nothing. He knew he was going to sacrifice if he was going to offer unto the Lord. Telling you, God can do something so big in your life financially, it would blow you away. Just to understand what he has. 
We're going to offer, and we're going to offer believing the seventh hand to come upon your house. I declare that the people of his church, if you're working right now, I declare you're becoming a manager. I declare there's promotion, that seventh hand. You put in the work, the six hands, we show up. I believe we ought to work harder than anybody else, right? I believe that we ought to be the hardest working people in showbiz, every one of us. We outwork everybody. And I think we show up with our six hand and we work as unto the Lord. And then God sees our work ethic and he sees our offering and he sees our heart after him. And he comes and he puts his seventh hand on everything that we do. The Bible says that God will cause everything you touch, right? You put your hand to, your amah to, to prosper. So I want you to believe that God's going to prosper what you're doing in 2020. He's going to prosper your work. He's going to prosper your household. I'm so thankful that God has prospered us in so many ways. I think about the faith offering and how I learned to give by faith years ago and get challenged every year. How it set me up to go higher every time I give. Jesse and I, we, we do this every year. We believe God to give more every year than we gave last year. And last year we gave the biggest faith offering we've ever given before. God, I'll tell you what he did. He blessed us. We had the best. He blessed our businesses outside of where we pastor alone in such a supernatural way. We're able to give more again this year than we ever have before. We set a goal by faith of what we're going to give annually through a year. It's like we want to give this amount of money, and, and typically we say this amount a week. And I just almost hit my goal this week. Uh, we believed it like three years ago. We set the goal we're going to be there in three years. Or, or no, just this last year. And we almost hit it on year one. And I'm telling you what, God's going to do something supernatural in your life. If you'll set goals and you'll offer by faith and you'll believe God and you'll put your hand to work, I believe the seventh hand is going to come upon your life. I declare the seventh hand's coming upon our finances. But not just your finances. Man, I believe the seventh hand's coming to bring every form of prosperity in your life. It's bringing you peace, bringing you health, bringing you help from heaven. Bringing you a happy home. Come on, the seventh hand's going to break out in our life. I'm reminded of a story, and I, I want to close with this. This is, this is a story. A dear friend of mine, Dr. Morocco, years ago, his life has really been a life uh, about prayer, uh, advancing the church and giving and receiving. Some of his main messages in life. He's preached many times in Owensboro, preached in Texas as well. You guys are familiar with Doc. God told Doc once upon a time to give an offering that he'd never given before. I think it was like a $5,000 offering. He'd never done it before. And then he gave that $5,000 offering. And then God told him after that, it's crazy what God told him to do. He told him to give away his house. And Doc grew in giving. And he said, God, I got little kids. He had kids like my kid's age back then. He was in his 30s. It's like, he's, Doc's almost 70 now, but he's like, how am I going to give away my house? Well, I've called you to do it. Doc literally gave away his house. Then God told him, as he's giving away his house, to give away like six weeks of his income as it came in. So here's a man that gave literally, now I'm not telling anybody to give away everything out there. That is not what I'm saying, right? This is Doc's story. And so he gave away his house and he started giving away his income he said, I don't know how we're going to make it. I don't know how I'm going to feed these kids, but I'm going to, I'm going to trust God. And Doc started trusting God, and God did the most amazing things. As a matter of fact, one of the first things he did is he had no groceries, had nothing to do. He was at a prayer meeting at the church, and a lady showed up and said, hey, I felt led by the Lord 
to bring you this basket of groceries. Could you use it? And he didn't make a big deal out of it. He wasn't telling people what he did. He said, thank you so much. Yes, I, I, I could use it. And after that, uh, another lady showed up and said, I feel led of the Lord that I'm supposed to come every Sunday morning and feed your family a massive meal between your services. I'll tell you, she brought him chicken and all this other stuff. I've eaten chicken with this lady whenever I preach at their church. She's still bringing it this many years ago. And then somebody opened up a household for them to live in supernaturally. Somebody gave them a car and transportation at that time. And God took care of everything just like he told him he would. Now, I'm telling you, that guy's life after that point, it went to another level. God multiplied their churches. God multiplied his life. God blessed him. Now, I've watched. He really lives to give. I think as we live to give and as we offer to God, man, that God is going to come upon us supernaturally with his seventh hand, and he's going to bless the work of our hand. I want to encourage you to, to give with faith. Come on, give, give big. Give sacrificially. We're going to do it together as a church. I'm going to do it with you. The, the, the leaders of this church, they're all going to give with you. God's going to do a miracle. We're going to have something supernatural happen in our midst. Hey, I want you to begin to pray. They're going to pass out uh, the His Honor offering envelopes that will come around the sanctuary. We're not giving today, but I just want you to take one, and I want you to hold it in your hand, and I want you to hold it up as they're going to come and play in one second, and I, 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 we're going to pray. We're going to pray and ask God what He would have, it, have us do with, with, with the His Honor offering. So what are you going to do over the next couple of months, right? Some of you, I'll tell you, you ought to stretch yourself. Whatever you did last year, you ought to do something bigger this year. Let your faith grow. But I want you to do what God tells you to do. Not what man tells you to do, but what God tells you to do. So come on, let, let's pray. And we're going to ask God what we, what we can do. And I always encourage uh, average American that have never given a faith gift to God. I think there's a lot of people, I don't want to let middle America off the, off the hook. There's a lot of people out there that can give a $1,000 gift or better. The average American can do that over the course of a couple months by faith. Some of you, that doesn't touch it. You're, you've been blessed so much. Man, there, there's some that it ought to be like ten or 20000 there, There's some, I don't know, maybe there's a hundred, somebody that God's going to speak to give 100000 uh, I, I want you, if you want to pay the buildings off, we'll tell you how to do it, right? We are for that. But I, I want you to give by faith. That's powerful. Then there's some single mothers out there. There's some people in hard time that a hundred bucks is massive. It's not the amount of gift, it's the amount of sacrifice. So come on, let, let's look at it, let's pray, let's ask God what he would have us do as a church. This is going to help us in the vision of the church go forward, help us take care of, the, of, of, of facilities and take care of issues we have, technology. We're going to use it and steward over it wisely. Come on, let's, let's pray together. Come on, let's pray together. Father, I pray as we take these offering envelopes in our hand right now, I pray that you would lead us, guide us, and show us what to do. Lord, and I believe right now as we give unto you that the law of the house of God happens. Lord, that we don't just have a sixth hand in our finances, the hand of man. I declare we have the seventh hand, the hand of God. It's coming upon every person that participates in this His Honor offering. I say that seventh hand is moving mountains. That seventh hand is breaking yokes. That seventh hand is bringing freedom and increase in Jesus' mighty name. Now, Father, let us move in faith as a congregation. I believe you for it. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen.